WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hi, everybody. Welcome into the Upfront program for this Friday with John Brian. Let's check to see if he's in the studio. John, are you officially uh, at the microphone? Yes, I'm here, Mr. Bouchard. All right. And uh, you'll hear John in a few moments after we uh, chat with Bob Martin from Crossroads Real Estate Group. And uh, they are here in Woonsocket on Park Avenue. Bob Martin is the CEO over there. I gave you a, a nice title this morning, and I hope you, uh, you appreciate that, Bob. Well, I do, Roger. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Here's the real estate question of the week. We're looking to purchase a single-family home in Boroughville, and we want to uh, finish the walkout basement into a in-Laura apartment. We have been told that not every town allows this. Is that true? And how can we verify we don't want to purchase a house if we cannot do that? Uh, what's the story there, Bob? Well, they, they are correct. Different cities and towns have different zoning regulations. Um, I happen to know that Boroughville does allow, allow <clears throat> they call it an, an accessory dwelling unit. Uh, Cumberland has a similar thing, but all cities and towns, to my knowledge, Woonsocket doesn't. So in Woonsocket, Unless there's some regulations that I don't know about, you'd have a single family or a two family. Um, so what they, <clears throat> the first thing they ought to do is call the zoning officer. Now in Burville, I happen to know that um, they do allow it. And if you look at this zoning code, which is where you need to look up in any city or town, um, and if you can't find that, then you can you know call. But um, and and there's there's regulations for it. So like. Um, in Boroughville, I know it happens to be 800 square feet maximum. So if you're, fish, fill, you know, if you're finishing the basement, you, you can't have 2,000 square feet. It has to have a common entrance. Uh, you can't have it separately metered. You can't. You sign an affidavit saying it's got to be for a family member. So it's something we encounter fairly often. I mean, not every month or whatnot, but you know, lots of people over the years have. And it's not always for someone else. It's, you know, they finish the basement. If they've got a nice backyard and over the years they put a counter, they put a sink in there. Um, and, you know, they say, well, rather than go upstairs, let's, let's add a range. Most of the time, um, the range is kind of the deal breaker. Um, most of the time, even if it's inspected, if you have a sink and a counter uh, and you don't have a cooking element, uh, like a gas stove or an electric stove, it's usually uh, permissible. Uh, but on occasion, um, you know, the inspector may say, I want the counter removed or I want the sink removed, um, and then you really need to comply. But basically, there's a lot of them around, and unless a neighbor drops a dime and says, you know, the, 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 they're renting this place out, and it's a nuisance to me that they park in front of my house. Um, it's not like any city or town goes out and evaluates these things uh, and says, oh, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I need to get in. However, uh, you have to be very careful when you're selling the unit or someone is purchasing it, because if it's already in place, we as realtors cannot represent that it's legal unless we're able to verify it. Um, the other thing is appraisers, depending, particularly if it's FHA, VA, they oftentimes pick up on it, and they will go and check to see is this legal. If it's not, then they note it on their appraisal, and we've seen as a condition of making the mortgage where the homeowners had to remove certain items that, um, that made it a so-called kitchen. But it does vary. It does vary from city and town. It varies with how aggressive they, they do it. Um, it so happens that I, we've had some in Barville. I've encountered it in Cumberland. You know, whether Lincoln, North Smithfield, I believe North Smithfield also does, to my knowledge. Um, Winsocket does not, uh, although it would be a good idea to introduce that if they could. But um, that's, you know, story for another day. Um, so, yes, they need to call the zoning officer. Most people, you know, rather than go online and, and read the zoning book and find where it is. Simply call the zoning officer and or the person that actually is listing that house, the agent. Uh, they should have researched that in advance or if you ask them or if they have a buyer's agent, that, that can be researched. But they are right. You need to anticipate that problem if, if it becomes one. Otherwise, you know, if you do finish it off 
one, and then the other aspect that comes up is, you know, you can finish it under under cover, if you will, but that means you're not pulling a permit. When you go to resell it, uh, the new homeowner was going to say, did you do all the work? There's a question in the disclosure. Did you do all of the work that should have had a permit? Uh, and did you pull that permit on any required work? And, you know, if you answer no, then generally speaking, they're going to say, well, I want to I want it inspected. Most of the time, if the work was done well, it's not an issue, but now they've got to pull permits. Sometimes the wires are in the walls. So, yes, they're better off looking at this, put it in their rearview mirror. If they're allowed to do it, do it, do it according to code, pull the permits, and then when they go to resell or even if, if the assessments come in, if somebody does go in for whatever inspection, uh, they can verify that it was done properly. But, um, yeah, it varies. Um, it varies from from town to town and city to city. Thank you, Bob. All right, uh, and if they need to talk to you, uh, they can reach you at 766-7545, extension 111. That's how I reach you. Yeah, I'm sitting right here, Roger, so if they want to call, I'm waiting for the calls to come in. All right. Thank you, Counselor. <laughs> Have a good day. Bye-bye. All right, you too, Roger. From Crossroads Real Estate Group here in Woonsocket, Bob Martin with our Real Estate Question of the Week. We have a message from uh, Taxes by Glow, and then uh, Mr. John Brian takes over. We've been telling you about Glow's tax service. Conveniently located within Interiors by Glow at 275 Social Street, Woonsocket. Glow has a question for you. Did you receive both stimulus checks in 2020 by direct deposit? Whether or not you think you need to file the tax return, call Glow. She will talk to you free of charge to determine whether you could benefit from filing a tax return to get monies owed to you by the government. Depending on your personal situation, Glow is willing to help you file your tax return at a rate well below the average cost. Call Glow today, 401-766-0106 to schedule an appointment. That number again, 401-766-0106. Listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. And good morning. The panel is me, John Brian, your host on this Upfront radio program on 1380 AM and 99.9 FM WNRI. Welcome. And I'm so glad that you're here with me this morning. And we have a lot of material to cover in a short amount of time. So we're going to start out this uh, first segment with a couple of... Uh, quick hit items that you can talk to me about, uh, but I'm going to talk to you about something really great happening in our community in just a moment. But first, I'm going to give you the phone numbers for the Upfront radio program, 766-1380-769-0600 and out of state, 1-800-949-9674. You can get a free call on Roger Bouchard. It's one of the few times you can get anything free out of Mr. Bouchard. So uh, you can also email us here at upfront at WNRI.com. So this is a talk show. I want your, uh, I want your input. I want your opinion. I want to know that uh, you want to be a part of this show, and I look forward to uh, hearing what you have to say. Uh, I want to start out this morning by letting you know something that uh, is going to be happening that is really a fantastic thing. There will be more details on the way, but I did want to ask you, if you are spring cleaning this uh, this year, you're doing spring cleaning, and you have uh, clothes that, be- that that is for children, little ones, uh, it's a great way to put your gently used children's clothing to a great use. The Woonsocket Rotary Club is having a children's clothing drive on Saturday, April 17th. Time and locations will be announced. There'll be more information about this clothing drive. But I want to get you thinking about a clothing drive. I want to get you thinking about uh, if in the next few weeks you start seeing that you've got clothes belonging to children, your grandchildren, nieces, nephews, whatever be the case, uh, they're lightly used, in great shape. Please think about putting them aside uh, for the Rotary Club of Woonsocket. You know, as a Rotarian, I'm a proud Rotarian, uh, and we do an incredibly uh, good amount of work here in the city of Woonsocket. The motto of Woonsocket Rotary and of Rotary International itself 
is service above self. And, and I have to tell you that Woonsocket, uh, the city of Woonsocket is lucky to have a Rotary Club that is so dedicated to this community, to the people of this community, and to doing things like this that will really help children, which are the ones that need the most help. And this is a, a project that, uh, again, you'll get more info about uh, that is really going to uh, change lives. And so uh, if you're thinking about spring cleaning, you have some gently used clothes, put that clothes aside and and, uh, and it's going to go to really good use. That's item one. Uh, item two, I was reading an uh, article in the Woonsocket Call yesterday and I saw what to do with Woonsocket's millions. And I was wondering what you thought uh, we should do with Woonsocket's millions. Again, this money certainly isn't free money. This isn't pennies from heaven. This is your money. This is the money that your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren will be paying forever. This is money that uh, the country of China will be uh, owning. Uh, they'll have, they'll own our debt forever at this point. Uh, this is part of the $1.9 trillion uh, American Recovery Act, as it's known, uh, the America Rescue Plan. Uh, and and I guess that means that there's uh, four point forty one point five million uh, going to the municipal side of government, with thirty one million going to the schools. And I guess I was wondering, what would you like to see that money to go to? Uh, you know, obviously there's only so much uh, that can be spent on certain projects. It can't be used for pension. There's going to be a lot of strings attached, and and I and I am certain that the city council will do a good job with that. So I'm, I, you know, I think that it's exciting that, you know, the, the city is, is sent a lifeline. I think uh, many of our cities and towns need a lifeline. However, it makes you think the blue states are the ones that need the lifelines the most. The red states, the ones that stayed open, the ones that uh, had lesser restrictions, the ones that were more, you know, resolute to get back to business, uh, rather than to keep people under wraps, uh, businesses closed, kids home, uh, they're the ones that seem to need the relief the least. So I find that really interesting. But I do want to make a point about this, uh, the millions uh, apparently coming in to the city of Woonsocket. And that is this. This is a team effort. This is something that couldn't have happened without the whole. And what I mean by that is it had to start with the president of the United States, whether you like him or not, Joe Biden, the U.S. Senate, the U.S. House, whether you like them or not. Then it goes to the Rhode Island governor, the Rhode Island House, the Rhode Island Senate. Then it comes to the city and it's the city council, the school committee and the mayor. So what I'm trying to say to you is this is something whereby this is a process in which it takes all the people involved to get this type of thing done, to get this money spent in the proper way. Inevitably, there will be someone who will be taking credit for however the money is going to be spent. And it brings me back to one of my favorite movies, The Godfather, in which uh, Vito Corleone says to Michael, whoever sets up the meeting is the traitor. And so Sal Tessio sets up the meeting, he ends up being the traitor. Right. In this situation, whoever takes credit for spending this money, whoever takes credit and says, look at me, look what I what I've done with all of your money. They're the liar. So just make sure you watch out for that, because this is a team effort. No one person is responsible for this. No one person is responsible for spending this. No one person is the arbiter of these pennies from heaven and how exactly it will be spent. We have a government, we have a legislative branch, we have an executive branch, and that's how it's supposed to work. So I think that that's such an important thing. So just make sure you keep your eyes open because if you don't, they'll get you when you're sleeping. So with that, we'll go to our first caller. Caller, good morning and welcome to the Upfront Show. Good morning. I'd like to pick up on what you've just been saying. Um, I've been thinking along the same lines as um, I think one thing that needs to happen, no matter how the money is spent, is that we need to have published 
for information for the whole city exactly what the parameters, what the rules really are in black and white so we can all sit down, take a look at them, and no matter what we might like to see happen, we would know what the parameters are so we would understand what it is that the council is dealing with, the school committee, the mayor, everyone involved, because as you said, it's a team effort. We have to work together to get the best bang for our buck. So if that's the case, then we all should be participants in knowing what the rules for the spending of this money are so that we're not being overly critical or irresponsible in our criticism or suggestions, but that we're being helpful. I agree, caller, 100%. I mean, I think it's so important to know, first of all, right off the bat, and, and I think that it should be given to the public in the most friendliest and able to consume format that says, this is what the money can be spent on. This exactly. is what it can't be spent on. Okay, exactly. there's, your there's your threshold issue. Now, here are some of the ideas that we want to spend. And I would like to see, frankly, I would like to see public hearings, right? Maybe we can have, look, these are some of the ideas that we have. So maybe we can get the public involved and actually have the public involved and say, no, we, you know, we want to be heard. We'd like to, we'd like to see this happen. We'd like to see that happen rather than just, you know, um, the powers that be say, no, we know what's better for you than you know what's good for you. So this is what we're going to spend the money on. And then you're going to tell us how great we are. I mean, I'd rather not go that route. Well, well, I think public hearings will be very helpful in this and in other situations as well. But unfortunately, due to this whole COVID situation, we just haven't had any public hearings on anything, whether it's a license renewal or anything. I mean, I suppose you can petition and ask to appear before the council, but the reality is that there is no public forum to have a public fair hearing at this point in time and that's another issue yeah and i couldn't agree more and i think you're going to start to see that loosen up i think it has to loosen up it does. And I, I think because by just look by nature of the vaccination rate increasing it going eventually to anyone older than 16 uh the the governor says that once we get to a 70 percent rate he, he's going to look to lift all the restrictions they're talking about having the newport jazz festival and the folk festival this summer and all these other festivals so look the reality is is that if we can start talking about having those kinds of events we need to open up city hall but city, well, but city hall is closed for a reason and we know what that yes, reason is right and i understand i understand why it's closed i'm not well, that makes being, one of us well i i understand what 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 we've been told and i'm accepting that as um the narrative that's been put before us but what I am saying is that I think, in all, all fairness, when you start talking about things even as simple as a license renewal, and you have a public hearing, but there is no way for the public to have its voice heard, then how legal is that legislation? You know, listen, I, I think that it's time to get the public back involved, re-engaged in its government, because after all, it is the people's government. Thank you so much for your call. Thank you. Bye-bye. So, you know, here we are, and I find myself, and I have to tell you, I find myself troubled. I find myself troubled because of what's been going on in our country for the past month or so. I find, ourself, I find myself troubled over the things that I see every day, and I and I and I look, um, I look at the news, and I and I, I, I just find myself in a place that I never thought I would, and that is feeling almost helpless. And when I look at this, and and I'm telling you this because I just want you to think about this because maybe you have a thought. When I look out, and I see the fact that. A planned $900 million auto project for Ford that was supposed to go in Ohio is now going to Mexico. That illegal crossings at the border are up 700%. That a tax hike that we were told would only affect certain people may not affect just those certain people anymore. And it's a ta the first tax hike in a generation. The fact that everyone is screaming about race now it, it, race relations are probably at the worst place that they've ever been in my lifetime. When you look at the fact that the federal government wants to federalize federal elections and ensure that elections are not secure. 
that they want to give statehood to D.C. to stack the Senate. That they're talking about illegal alien amnesty. That gas prices are skyrocketing. Makes you feel helpless. And what can you do? You don't know what you can do. You have to just stay engaged, stay focused, and stay alert. One of the things you can do, I think, is remain a part of your state and your local government. And in the next segment, I want to talk about, we got some big problems going on down at the, uh, the Rhode Island State House. In particular, we have big trouble in the Rhode Island State Senate. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. This is the Upfront Program on 1380 AM, 99.FM, WNRI. Wright's Dairy Farm and Bakery announces we are open daily, operating with curbside pickup at this time. Visit us any day of the week for your favorite local products, including milk, cream, assorted pastries, ice cream, cakes, and more. There are three ways to order. Number one, to view our current menu and place an online order or view our frequently asked questions, go to WrightsDairyFarm.com. Or number two, call the farm at 401-767-3014, extension 2, to place your order, pay by credit card, and select a pickup day and time. Three, on-site. Order from your car with your smartphone or with a sales associate, then wait in your vehicle while our team fills your order. Please be prepared for longer waits on the weekends. So stay safe while we work through these unusual times. Please visit our website, rightsdairyfarm.com, for all the latest information. The Roast House is open seven days a week and they're featuring inside dining and, of course, takeout. To make a reservation to dine in or place an order at the Roast House, call 508-883-7700 and check out the menu online at theroasthouse.com. Thank you for your support during this period of transition. The Roast House, Front Street and Blackstone, we welcome back old and new customers for inside dining and takeout. Just when the holidays are over and I think there's nothing more to think about financially. But then February and March always get me thinking about how I got to get my taxes done, get my finances organized, my receipts, my deductions. And I don't just want to walk into one of those stores because that seems not very personal. So I start thinking about getting my tax return done by a CPA. Just saying it makes me feel better. They have all those years of experience. Most have a master's in finance or accounting. That's the kind of knowledge I need for my taxes. Yes, I'm going to a CPA this year. That makes me feel a whole lot more relaxed. With a CPA, you get a professional with a higher education, more years of training, and a greater breadth of knowledge than the rest of the pack. This tax season, don't trust your finances to anyone less. Hire the best. A CPA. Few prepare as rigorously. Brought to you by Care Kasha, certified public accountants and business consultants. Call 732-8900 for your appointment. And don't forget that on Fridays, Chucky's Ice Cream of Cumberland turns into Chucky's Fish and Chips. If you love fish and chips and if you love clam cakes and chowder, you want to order from Chucky's at 428-8023. That's 428-8023. Call ahead and then pick up your order of fish and chips or clam cakes and chowder or both from Chucky's every Friday from 11 a.m. until 7 p.m. That number again is 425 8023. Chucky's Ice Cream of Cumberland is Chucky's Fish and Chips and Clam Cakes and Chowder on Fridays. So order today at 425 8023. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. And we're back in uh, this segment. I want to talk about. Big trouble down at the uh, at the upper chamber in in the Rhode Island State House. The State Senate is a mess right now. Uh, it really is. Uh, it, it's almost hard to believe. I don't think I've ever seen the upper chamber running like it is now with such a problem. And we're going to get into why. Um, but what do I mean by big trouble down at the Rhode Island State Senate? Well, first of all, the composition of the Rhode Island State Senate has changed and. Uh, progressivism has really taken over the Rhode Island State Senate. And what you're beginning to see, and if you recall, in the last term of the Woonsocket City Council, uh, there was uh, 
a progressive on the city council, which created issues, which, frankly, you're not seeing this term, right? You're not seeing those kinds of issues this term because you're not getting that kind of nonsense. You're not getting that kind of, of constant and consistent um, blatant interruptions and just off-the-wall, uh, you know, type of arguments about things that just, you know, just seeing ghosts and, and searching for, uh, you know, searching for problems and, you know, you're creating problems in search of solutions. And so um, you're not, you don't see that right now in the Woonsocket City Council. And I think that that's a good thing for the city council and the city as a whole. But what you, you are seeing is you're seeing that down at the Rhode Island State Senate, and that's a problem. In fact, I was speaking to a longtime senator yesterday who said to me, uh, everything is difficult now. Everything that should be simple, nothing that, it's, it's unlike it has ever been. Nothing is easy anymore. Everything's a fight. There's no compromise. Uh, there's no discussion. And I think that's a problem. Uh, so I, th- I personally think that's a huge problem. And we're going to start right out by talking about the dress code. And maybe you've heard about this story, and if you have, feel free to call me, 766-1380-769-0600. This is from today's Providence Journal, Kathy Gregg's story. It's almost hard to believe, and when you hear it, if you're not familiar with this story, your head might pop off. Blazers and ties, a white man's uniform? Rhode Island senator says proposed dress code is racially charged. A state senator, a new state senator from Central Falls who favors hoodies, cardigans, and knit hats as his go-to work attire says the Senate's proposed new dress code, new dress code, by the way, it's not a new dress code. The proposed new dress code is an act of oppression by whites to make everyone look and dress like them. It's all, this is a quote, it's all stuff that connotes white collar, white people. I look like the people in my community. The message is that you're forcing down the throat of all residents of Rhode Island whiteness. Uh, Look, here's the reality. I 100% and I give the Senate president a ton of credit for remaining statesmanlike. And he says, uh, What you do when you walk out of the building, I don't mind at all. I don't care if you take all your clothes off at once and when you get out of the building and walk home. But I think it's offensive for people to not be dressed appropriately in this chamber, and that's my stand. And I agree with him 100%. Look, when you are elected to a position, especially in Providence, and you serve in one of those chambers, that's an institution. You become a part of an institution. And that gentleman is paid paid by the people of Rhode Island to serve his community. And as part of that, you serve in an old, well-established institution in which there are rules and there is decorum and there is professionalism. So while you may not look or dress that way while you're in your community, when you're being paid to serve the people of the state at the state house, There is a dress code, just like there is a dress code at a workplace, just like there's a dress code in an office setting, just like there's a dress code for any type of situation. It's called professionalism. And this idea that whiteness creeps in all the time, it's about whiteness, somehow being professional, having a dress code, dressing appropriately is somehow equal to whiteness is nonsense. And if we can't get away from seeing everything along color charge lines like we are now, we're not going to last. We're going to eat ourselves alive. I mean, this is becoming a real problem in our country, and it's such a shame to see. Good morning, caller, and welcome to the Upfront Show. Yeah, good morning, John. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, yeah, see, uh, I, I, agree, I, I agree with you that you have to have a standard of dress. I mean, otherwise than that, I mean, you represent your community, and how 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 would people look at you outside your community dressed up like a bum, like a gangster? You know, I mean, it, it's utterly ridiculous that this is even being discussed in the Senate. It's certain things are understood in life, like you had mentioned about the workplace. How how are you going to dress? Next thing you're going to see, when they want to start wearing bathing suits and thongs and everything, you know, come to work. I mean, come on, let's let's get real. 
I said the whole the whole thing, John, boils down to simply is that they keep pushing and pushing the envelope, and it's going from the sublime to the ridiculous. I mean, it's unbelievable. Look, here's the reality: when I was, and and, and you know, you were there, you served, uh, and you were the, always wore your shirt, your tie, your jacket as part of the Rhode Island House of Representatives. I served in the Rhode Island House of Representatives, and there were days, especially at the end of the session, where it was a hundred plus degrees in that chamber, and I was soaking through my jacket. But I can tell you, as a state representative, I didn't take off my jacket. For the three terms that I was in that building, I never took off my coat. Not because I wanted to keep my suit coat on. I was burning up. I wouldn't take off my suit coat because I wanted to honor the room. I wanted to honor the institution. The institution is bigger than me. And so I felt as respect for the institution, you leave your suit coat on. You don't, you don't, you know, and, and that's just how I, that's how I conducted myself. And I don't think that that somehow plays into race. I think that plays into professionalism. Professionalism is colorblind and it ought to be. Well, John, it's, it's, I mean, the whole thing boils down to this. We have so many pressing issues to be wasting time uh, on, on, on such nonsense. It's unbelievable. And it's unbelievable. And, 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 and the fact is, is that, you know, uh, I know, I, I know, you know, Dominic Ruggieri personally as well as I do. And the fact is, is that, you know, he will not tolerate this kind of nonsense because you have important business to conduct in this state. You know, your budget's going to be coming up. And, you know, there's going to be a lot, a lot of work that needs to be done. And the fact is, you're just wasting time. And, uh, like I said, this, this whole thing is, is so nonsensical. Look, if he doesn't, if he doesn't want to, if he doesn't want to, uh, how can you phrase it, uh, uh, do the right thing and wear a suit and tie, then guess what? Senate president will just basically have me squirt out of the chamber. Well, it, they're going to set the rules of the Senate, and he'll have to comply. Thank you so much for the call. So, I mean, and, and, and the call is right. There are such other big issues to deal with. and But you have to pay attention to this stuff because they're doing things down at the Senate right now. Why I say it's big trouble. It's not just dress codes. They're doing things like this Dignity in the Workplace Act, which is a touchy-feely piece of legislation, which is based on feelings, which says if you're being, you know, you can't get bullied at work, and if you can bring charges if you're if you're being bullied at work, and 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 there's there's no enforcement measure. There's no real way to, to, to quantify what this is. So let's say that I'm a Democrat and I work for someone who's a hardcore Republican and has, you know, and, and, and has uh, a MAGA sign in his office and, and, and has a Trump picture and all that. I could turn around and say I'm being bullied at work. It's, it's, an, it's a hostile workplace and I want to sue my employer. I mean, this is nuts. There's got to be a point in which adults believe that they go to work, they do their job, they go home. And the idea of these, the, this professionalism and the idea that, well, I, I can just sue based on my feelings because I'm not comfortable. I mean, come on. At what point is enough enough? Then you've got this other stuff they're doing, which is this environmental act they just passed. And they're trying to say that everything's going to be carbon neutral by 2050. Look, I've never held myself out as an environmentalist, but I want you to know that down at the state house, they're trying to tell you that you're not going to be able to have an oil or gas boiler in your house by 2050. We live in New England. How are you going to heat your house in the dark of January with solar, with wind? I mean, it's insanity. These are the things these people are working on. We have real problems in this state. And then you look at the fact that they're trying literally, and when I tell you this, they're literally trying to decrease election integrity in the state of Rhode Island. There's a whole host of bills, and Senate Bill 181 proposes to repeal, repeal voter ID in the state of Rhode Island. Voter ID, which I fought for for five years in the state, got it passed. Only state in New England that has voter ID. And I'm very disappointed to learn that one of our own Senator Melissa Murray of Woonsocket is a signatory on this legislation. And there's others. They want to create, this past election, they want to normalize this. 
No witnesses, no notary on ballots. They want to do early voting for 20 days, including weekends. They want to take away voter ID for early voting. I mean, they, they want to move the primary from September to August when nobody's paying attention. They want to allow you to request mail ballots electronically. Listen, you have to ask yourself, why aren't legislators working harder to make elections more secure? These legislators in the Senate are working and they're working hard to make your elections less secure. And that's a real problem for me. And I really hope it's a problem for you. Caller, welcome to the Upfront Radio Show. Um, good morning. Every time uh, I, I look out and, and, you know, we're getting more and more um, illegals. Now, there are many of us that my mom was a legal immigrant to this country. I have every single one of them where they became citizens, their citizenship papers. They fought in the war. They made a good life. They all worked very hard. Nothing was for nothing. They earned. They call it the pioneer spirit. People having a hard time, people help people. Now, uh, when I hear that, that people who have never worked in their life have large families, need an increase, a cost of living, it's called go out and get a job. What does it tell the hardworking person? You don't matter. You're working to support you and someone else. I hope our legislators, and whatever they do, if it's for a vote, which this new bill that is going forth, it is a vote getter. Well, listen. Nothing I, else. Listen, all that, this is important. California was turned blue with illegal aliens. There's an attempt to turn Texas blue in the same way. Just as though, just as, and thank you, uh, thank you for the call. Just as there is a move in order to put D.C. statehood in to stack the Senate. Look, this is about the acquisition and the retention of power. That's what this is about. I mean, this isn't about doing what's best for the country. What you're seeing is not what's best for you and me, the little guy. It's about what's best for the new aristocracy. And that's federal politics. That is federal office holders. How to hold power, how to gain power, and how to gain wealth through power. That's what it's all about. And it's a real shame. Look, what it comes down to is that they will continue to do whatever they want to do for as long as we let them. They're talking about blowing up the filibuster in the Senate. That's the last safeguard to our republic. That's the last safeguard. So uh, let's hope that a few of the senators down in the United States Senate can hold firm. Caller, welcome to the Upfront Radio Show. First of all, I don't believe wearing a three-piece suit is a sign of whiteness. I agree with you on almost everything you say. However, I want to warn one thing. I'd rather have a guy dressed in a burlap bag if he's telling me the truth than some guy in a three-piece suit and tie who's lying to me. I think we ought to concentrate more on what comes out of their mouth and what they write down on paper as a matter of law and what they're wearing. Because we got plenty of people in three-piece suits that are doing everything they can to destroy this republic. And that's what we really should worry about is what's being done, the substance of the matter, not what the guy's wearing. Oh, you can have that if you want, but realistically, that's not the problem I see. Well, thanks for the call. Uh, I have to tell you that I think that one of... Uh, the things, no matter what, it's about professionalism. And while I understand what you're trying to say, that's not so much where I was going. What I was saying is that professionalism is colorblind. And so, but everything is made out of, is, is somehow about race. And that is a real problem. And we're not going to move forward if we keep going backwards. And, uh, and and I hope that we can get out of that. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk about economic development here in the city of Woonsocket uh, and where that's headed. And it looks like it might be uh, another blow up. We'll be back with the Upfront Radio Show on 1380 AM, 99.9 .9 FM, WNRI.
Champs Liquors for Keyway, 481 Clinton Street, Woonsocket. Champs reintroduces Flip Flop Wines, a California winery that has crafted a variety of wines that are fun, fruit-flavored with amazing taste. Listen to this. We have two bottles of Flip Flop Wine for $10, including Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Pink Moscato, Regular Moscato, Chardonnay, and Pinot Grigio. Again, two bottles for $10, mix and match. Still on sale, Tisdale Wines from California. In six varieties, including a Pinot Grigio, Merlot, Cabernet, White Zinfandel, Chardonnay, and Moscato choices. And yes, again, two bottles for $10. And we continue with the best price in town on Bud and Bud Light, 30-pack, $25.50 plus tax. New hours for the convenience of customers, open daily at 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. For a great selection of beer, wine, and spirits, you can count on Champs Liquors, 481 Clinton Street. Have a question? Call 765-1800 and speak to Mike the Manager. Interiors by Glow, their newly opened home decor store at 275 Social Street, Woonsocket, is holding a springtime sale from March 22nd through April 21st. Enjoy a minimum 10% discount off select products. Senior citizens 65 and over receive a 20% discount. Products include a vast array of fabrics and trim, including an Italian fabric line from Italy with a manufacturer's guarantee to not fade up to eight years. Customers your outdoor living spaces with a color or print that fits your decorating style. Interiors by Glow is more than a fabric store, offering stylish, modern decorative mirrors, tabletop, and hanging planters, clocks, and hanging mirrors. Fresh spring-scented candles handmade by Glow, including lemon chiffon and rose garden, just to name a few available at the store. Interiors by Glow offers tableau decorative grills, an exciting new concept in decorating both interior and exterior areas that offer customization of any shape, size, and pattern to match your home decor. Visit Interiors by Glow, 275 Social Street, Socket, or online at interiorsbyglow.com. There's a church nearby where members are kind and friendly. May we invite you to attend services at the Cumberland Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Call 658-2748 for information on seeing us online. It's the church where you can hear the gospel, believe in Christ, repent, confess, and be baptized. Join us this week for our prayer and Bible study, Wednesday at 7 p.m. and Sunday services at 1 p.m. Our sermons are understandable to grow you in faith and available online. Again, we are the Cumberland Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, inviting you on your journey of salvation. Services conducted by Pastor Marcus Warren. Bible study and services now available on Zoom only at the Cumberland Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. And we're back on the Upfront Radio Show with your host. Um, that's me, John Brian, and I'm so fortunate to be here on this beautiful Friday morning. Uh, grateful for this day and for every day to spend here with you. Uh, the numbers here are 766-1380-769-0600. I wanted to take a few minutes to talk about something that I found really bothersome this week uh, and... I wanted to know how you felt about it as well. I saw uh, in the newspaper on Wednesday an article entitled, What's the Use? And it says, City officials at odds over proposed use of AOT site for storage facility. I found this really disturbing, and I'll tell you why. Um, there was a public meeting. The public meeting, it's a city council special meeting, held March 10th, in which... There was discussions of potential sales of city properties. The mayor was a part of this meeting. She expressed no objection whatsoever with regard to selling the property at Ayotte Field. The proposal that we're talking about has been on the table for quite a while now. Uh, it's been talked about back and forth, and it was definitely on the table. Uh, the ordinance authorizing the sale of the property was on March 15th at the city council meeting. And absolutely no objection was stated by the administration or the mayor specifically. Zero. 
the council decides unanimously to sell the property. Now, let me go back for a moment. The property at Ayod Field has been on sale for a long time. Uh, it was being, I wouldn't say marketed by the city because it was just a for sale sign up on, on, on the, the property. But it was for sale. In order to make it more attractive, the uh, clubhouse, everything was was dismantled and it just became a, a, a vacant lot that they were attempting to sell. After the Cumberland Farms deal fell through a while back, uh, there, ha- there were some offers while I sat on the council for four years, all of which significantly, and I mean significantly, under market or quite frankly, under market and uses that just weren't the right fit. Just we're not we weren't going to put another gas station across from the gas station. We didn't feel like we were going to put a car wash there. Plus, the numbers weren't right. So finally, finally, you get an offer for seven hundred and forty nine thousand dollars asking price. How often do you actually get asking price for a sale? The council approves it. And then afterwards, the mayor says, That's a prime location at a four-way intersection with a traffic signal. Those kinds of corners are few and far between, so to speak, and I feel self-storage is not the best use of that property. The question remains, where were you during the the discussion time? Where were you? What what type of, of, you know, there's also, there's, there's, there's often this rhetoric that goes around that says, well, developers, they listen to what happens in the city and they know. They, you know, they, they, they react. They, they might not want to come and develop. Okay, well, utilizing that logic, right, utilizing that logic, what would make you think that this dealer, I mean, this this buyer, this developer, who has the opportunity to still opt out of this, wouldn't opt out of this? Why not? Why would he want to deal with a city that has a city council and a mayoral administration clearly at odds? Why would anyone say, this is nonsense, I'm not going to deal with this? Anyone that's paying attention knows that this could potentially be the middle school all over again. Make no mistake. The, legislate, the legislative branch of government in any, in any form or fashion, whether it be local, state, federal, is to legislate. The executive branch is to execute that which the legislative has passed or whatever sits within the power of the executive to pass. The legislature has spoken on this particular parcel, and it is time for the executive to execute that which what they have, have approved. This only undermines economic development here in the city of Woonsocket. And ladies and gentlemen, make no mistake, it says right in the article, one of the things that was proposed at that site, now I, I wasn't part of this proposal, but one of the things that was proposed was a Dollar Tree. Huh. Are you surprised? Another dollar store here in the city of Woonsocket. I, in my last meeting, was shown a proposal, a potential proposal, for a Dollar General. So, what have we got? Rather than self-storage, which, by the way, self-storage, in keeping with this whole idea of these mini, these, these, these micro lofts, people don't have a lot of space to put stuff in micro lofts, right? So you need, obviously, there's a need for storage because someone's proposing another storage facility. So there's a need in keeping with what the city council and the administration has done with continuously changing the comprehensive plan to allow for micro lofts. So you need storage for these things. So there's a need and there's someone willing to come in and pay the full price for these, uh, for, for this property. So. Isn't that better than yet another dollar store, which was proposed? And in fact, I ran when I ran for mayor on the fact that Woonsocket is better than being the city of the dollar store. And I maintain that we are better than the city of the dollar store. And I can assure you that the idea that we should have a mayor, any mayor, whether it's this mayor or any mayor, opposing the city council... After a deal has been passed unanimously, when there was no objection prior, is just an example of bad government, okay? When you think about the middle school, and people say, oh, gee, I wish the middle school would have been 
developed. It should have been developed. The middle school would have been developed by now. Or certainly almost done. The middle school project was an ambitious, incredible project, which was modeled on that from Pawtucket and Central Falls. Tayo Group had a track record. They could have done a great job in the city. But from the outset, the notion was, well, this plan is too ambitious. What makes a plan too ambitious for the city of Woonsocket? The fact that it's good? The fact that it's big? The fact that it wants to make a splash? The fact that it wants to change things? Is that what makes it too ambitious? Right from the beginning, the city planner said, well, this is too ambitious. They need to scale back their plans. Why? Why not dream big? Why not go big? Go big or go home, right? I mean, this is what we want. We want to change the city, but we can't do it with these old attitudes. And the notion was, no, the administration wanted assisted living, more assisted living. We wanted to have an offering for young people, professionals, market rate apartments. It was a real great project. That never happened. Why? Because of the type of resistance that you see now. So it makes, makes you ask yourself the question, why? Why do we get into these types of things? Why do we have these types of discussions after the fact? Why do we have these tug of wars between branches of government? And is that good for our city? Look, I don't think it's good for our city. I think that we can be and we can do so much more. And we can dream big and we can go big. I will continue to be someone that will always root on the city of Woonsocket. But it's not just about what I think. When you're a part of government, it's about the whole. It's about what the city council thinks and what the school committee thinks and what the state thinks. It's, you're a part of a team. And I think that thing, that, that concept is what's lost here. Okay, And so I think that you work together to do what you think is best for your community. It's not about economic development that I want. It's economic development that we want. And let's work together so I can show you why I think this is best. Not swoop in at the end and make problems for the developer and make problems for a project that has finally been sold after all this time. So, I mean, I just think that's something for you to think about over the course of this week and this weekend. And with that, I want to say thank you. Thank you for listening to me this morning. Thank you for calling. And I will be back next week here on the Upfront Radio Show. This has been WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380 WNRI Woonsocket. 